0: Everyone, I'm Sarah Carradine, podcasting from Aora, Sydney. I'm Marty Forth. And this is Crime Scene, the True Crime Review podcast where we get to the heart of how true crime stories are told. You can find this fun program along with all the fantastic reality TV content by subscribing to RobhasaWebsite.com/slash That's
1: R-H-A-P-U-P-S feed. We'd love it if you would subscribe to our feed. Please go to com slash crime feed. You'll get your true crime on Tuesdays. And if you've already subscribed, thank you very, very much. Sarah, what did we watch this week? We watched FBI True on Paramount. That's
0: FBI True in the voice of the announcer. FBI <laughs> True. Okay. Yes, we get it. It's True. <laughs> but we can't go undercover alone. We are thrilled to welcome back returning guest, the scintillating Kimberly from A Date with Dateline podcast. Hello! That's a lot of pressure to
2: be scintillating. I'm going to try You're my be best. Scintillating
0: on this one. Just oh, okay? On just scintillating in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thanks for coming back. Now you and Katie covered Death by Fame with us, and as yes. I thought I'd let you know, as we told our listeners a couple of weeks ago. Amy Harwick's ex-boyfriend Gareth Pursehouse was found guilty of murdering her by strangling her and throwing her off a balcony. And he now faces life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Happy or sad about that, Kimberly? I think that's great. He should not be around me. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Although we did note at the time when we covered it, he hadn't been found guilty, but was pretty clearly mm-hmm. the one who did it, that she had had two restraining orders against him. Mm-hmm. Um, so spark up everybody in mm-hmm. law enforcement. And I think his defense was
2: like they were fighting and she fell, but it, it still was his fault. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because he also had like injected her with. Yeah, nicotine. he had he had brought nicotine to inject her with. Yeah, and yeah, I'm glad his
2: defense wasn't one of those. No, it wasn't him. I wasn't there. It was my mm-hmm. evil twin brother, or something
0: like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and presumably, as she accidentally fell off the balcony, she strangled herself. Is that right? Is that his <laughs> story? <Right>. Well, <laughs> boo! I do mm-hmm. like uh, I do like a ha- well. It's not a happy ending, but I do like. Closure. Being Not, um, punished. <laughs> yes, yeah. we got him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of we got him, FBI True is a TV series which premiered on Paramount Plus in February and has already run through three seasons of 10 episodes each. So there's a bank of 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of them from the
1: current season. Yeah, they kind of released them like all at the same time. Like <laughs> Paramount Plus uh, released these as like a docuseries on streaming but then they kind of went back and they have been putting it on tv now for the for uh, the last few weeks of course this is probably due to the writers strike and the actor strike you know shout out to them we stand with unions mm-hmm. um so that's how it actually got onto my radar uh sarah because i i saw like the commercials for it, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" I, I thought it was new at first, and then I was like, "Oh, they said, oh, it's premiering like in October, the first week of October." Went to go watch it. Went to go to Paramount Plus. I was like, "Wait, th- it's all here?" And so, they, thirty episodes. Yeah, they actually. It, it's really interesting because um, they actually to to air it on TV. They stuck two episodes together to create an hour long episode on on tv like so they are (laughs) they're scrambling for content Mm -hmm. burning
0: through it yeah yeah so the episodes are around 25 minutes each there's a couple of two parters two or three two parters Mm -hmm. otherwise are they pairing them by theme or just sticking two Mm -hmm. together
1: Honestly, it, the one the, the the ones that I saw on um, TV, it was the Manhattan bomber case. And mm-hmm. then the case of a little girl who was abducted Hannah. and Hannah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. There was no like logical yeah. through line to me, I don't think, unless I missed something. No, and I probably wasn't, yeah, yeah. No, that's season one. I see network
0: does two, that all the time. No, yeah. it,
1: it, but that's the thing, it wasn't even episodes one and two either, though. Oh, oh, it was, I, I know, because I went back and looked. They're like, it was like episode episode one and episode five. So, like, that's oh not like, I don't know oh, what, why. Yes, because I think two and three is a two parter,
0: yeah. So three mm-hmm. and four is Waco, something like that, yeah, yeah. We exactly. cannot get into their heads, dear listeners. (laughs) Uh, So the the point of difference with this one, and look, I'm going to spoil my ratings by saying I really enjoyed this. Mm -hmm. I partly really enjoyed it, Mari, because you and I have been in the trenches (laughs) with some pretty heavy material, um, Mm -hmm. some long and very serious documentaries. Not that this is not serious, Mm -hmm. but the point of difference and what I really like is that each episode features a former FBI agent interviewing one or more others in a bar. They have beers. They're talking through interesting cases from their career. There's no talking heads, just the interview, and then they use other media like uh, news footage as crime scene material, surveillance Mm -hmm. videos, interrogations, and so on. And it's these two broads (laughs) we will get to the interviewers who I just was mad about. I loved them. Very, very competent. I would think agents and like very good interviewers, Kimberly. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I like the casual beer element. Occasionally they'll do that on Dateline where like Josh Mankowitz is playing pool with someone while he's talking <laughs> to them. And I really like that. It makes it much more like you're at a cop bar or something just mm-hmm. listening to their stories. So, yeah, I
0: felt very much like that. Yeah. And the way, I they, that the way they
2: interact is very collegial and we don't see that i would say though without other sort of media or talking heads if the person themselves is not a dynamic storyteller Mm -hmm. then it could get it could drag a little bit like Mm -hmm. that's not their profession they are fbi agents and sometimes fbi agents are not their job is very exciting but they themselves are not the most exciting. But toward, as the episode continues on, you kind of become endeared to them and you're like, okay, I
0: get it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's, uh, we're going to discuss Season 3, Episode 3, The Hitman, and Season 3, Episode 6, The Bronx Butcher. Uh, but we will refer to other episodes along the way. I, I wasn't able to contain myself and I've binged quite a few of them. I kept thinking, save some, save some, but they're like chips. They're 25 minutes. They're a perfect bite. You can do something else at the time. Anyway, I won't get to my mm-hmm. review yet, but that's, that's basically Yeah, it, it probably is a good show to have on in the background.
1: Mm-hmm. Perfect show for
0: that. So in episode three, of the hitman, Cindy Coppola, one of our wonderful broads, interviews oh. Mike McGowan, who was an undercover coordinator about his final case, literally on the brink <laughs> of retirement. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> My last case on the force. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. His, one. yes, his mustache was just too old for this
1: yeah. shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, He ran a successful sting operation against Joseph Burke, a notorious criminal and known associate of Whitey Bulger, and had him charged with murder for hire. I mean, when we discuss it, I'd like to talk about this idea of we know he will commit crimes in the future, so let's see if we can put him in jail now, which was Uh a, a little odd. In episode six, The Butcher of the Bronx... Christy Cottis interviews legal attaché Michael Clark and behavioral analysis unit agent Barbara Daly about Smeho Jerlich, who killed and dismembered his partner Mary Beale in 1990. He dismembered her body and put it in three places around Brooklyn. Yes, Brooklyn. And no, I don't know why he's called the Butcher of the Bronx. Oh.
1: Send in your theories.
0: Oh <laughs> Send in your theories, <laughs> listeners. Uh, what? Oh
2: my God! what did Cabrera? I get?
0: Boss was like, was
2: from the Bronx, and that's all he like. That was his whole persona. And if you ever said Brooklyn by accident, like you'd get fired. No, he was so yeah. nice; you'd never get fired. But like, it it was that big of a like. You can't that's a de- that's New York deal. and LA like. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's you so know? funny.
0: I I didn't even put that together. There's a whole discussion about naming killers that Mm -hmm. Murray and I have from Mm -hmm. time to time, and we'd like to hear your views on that. Either the media calls them that or we find in some of the cases the agents uh, give them a name. Uh, So he was caught in Montenegro in 2010, 16 years later, after Albanian police sought the assistance of FBI field agents in the Baltic. Uh, for the killing and dismemberment of a woman in 2006. And sadly, that woman has never been identified. Mm. So he was tried by an American prosecutor via video in front of a panel of Montenegrin judges and sentenced to 12 years there. Fascinating. Mm. Uh, he died three years later. Good riddance. Mm-hmm. I did a quick side goog on this fellow and the FBI believe that Jerlich, may have committed at least eight murders in total, two in oh, Albania, wow. five in Belgium, where there was a so-called killer, the Butcher of Mons.
1: Uh, that so, sounds familiar. Yes. Sorry, keep going.
0: It's, it's unsolved, but the, mm-hmm. the thought is that it was him uh, in addition to Mary Beale in America. They all fit the MO and his location at the time. <laughs> wow.
1: Oh my god, that's gonna get on my nerves because the Butcher of Mons, I feel like in some lexicon of all of this true crime that I've been consuming in the last three years, I feel like that's been that's been talked about. Oh
0: God. Well we covered the butcher of <laughs> <laughs> so the So the word butcher is again. is selected quite well in this case because apparently he was very meticulous in the cutting up of the so Kimberly get us started what did you think of this format the use of the differing media the animated maps the surveillance videos the sit down what did you feel overall um uh, I liked it
2: it's different it's a little more slow paced when they go to an interview for a while especially if they're slow talkers (laughs) I sometimes I'm like just talk fast talk as fast as I do please um (laughs) but no and but I I liked it. Yeah. I think I would have gotten bored if it was just the interview. Thank God it wasn't just the interviews, even though I liked the interviews. I just I need I I need to, it to be broken up a little bit more. It needs to spark up a bit.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like uh, I did like the the one on like not one on one, but like one on two, depending. But like the the cop, like we said, the, the like the bar room banter of the cops, you know, I, I always have to be, be like, OK, is this propaganda? Is this police propaganda? But like, <laughs> you know? um, but, you know, the FBI, they're, they're pretty good at what they do. Um, so it, it is so interesting to hear it straight from the mouths of the agents. Like Kimberly said, everybody can't be like Gil Carrillo. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody can't the full holes. Yeah, yeah.
0: like
2: <laughs> uh, none of them were what I would call on our show FBI candy. I had yes. a question written. I wrote special question for guests, any <laughs> FBI candy. <laughs> I'm always on the lookout for FBI candy. I didn't really they were just the good no. people. That's yes. enough. That's enough.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's something about them LAPD boys that got the pizzazz to carry shows like this. But um, it, it's it's so interesting. It truly is, because I, I like shows like this because a lot of these cases I didn't know. I think I, I like that about it. if you look at the full 30 episodes that's available on Paramount Plus, like only some of them are like really well tread cases you know what i'm saying uh like you said they they do cover waco they cover like some some big things but some of them i did not know about so i really like that aspect i didn't know about um the this hitman thing and i didn't know about uh the butcher of the bronx slash brooklyn so <laughs> so um I, I that i really do like if it feels it feels a little bit different and it feels intentional. We love procedurals here. We have the, one of the queens of, of procedurals on here, Kimberly. That was one of the main reasons we had to have you on to see how it stacks up. And I think this is this is good. This could be like a new favorite. This could be definitely one of those I'm folding clothes. Let me turn on an episode mm-hmm. um, for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a two screener, but that's fine. You're getting on with other business at the same time. So let's dive into <laughs> the <Springer>. interviewers. So, <laughs> I was paying um, uh best fans while I was watching. Oh yeah, not totally. the ones we're talking yeah. about. I, yeah, my complete attention. But yeah. I, I, read I through was another looking at Twitter it's drama, good. yeah, <laughs> and then like yeah. rewinding a lot. The I second one I was this, very I
2: distracted, know. and I had to rewind the second one so many times. I just had yes. to start over at one just, point. Yeah, like that I'm second, second one was yeah harder. Yeah, the <laughs> one was
0: quite dense because well why don't we're here now let's dive into the butcher of the Bronx slash Brooklyn Uh, (laughs) (laughs) at the case first of all one of our broads here Christy Cottis. I mean both of these interviewers were very high ranking do you have ranks in the FBI anyway very high in in counterterrorism and surveillance and undercover I mean very interesting women kimberly let's talk first about uh, christy who interviews uh, michael clark and barbara daly about the butcher of the bronx
2: no i liked her a lot she seemed a little more animated and into the story i think the other woman who was also lovely like seemed interested but not quite as or i don't know how to describe Mm -hmm. it like a little more interactive with the questions
0: Um, Yeah, you can take Christy by surprise a lot more easily than Cindy. Cindy's got a sort of, Mm. I've seen it all thing, whereas Christy's like, what happened
2: then? Well, and sometimes as a viewer, it's nice if the interviewer is as excited, like the Dateline hosts are good at that because they'll be like, what? If we do, which is exactly what we're doing at home. So Mm -hmm. I do enjoy that.
1: Well, I think Cindy did have that one moment where Mike, uh, Mike McGowan, the undercover agent, was telling her how they were setting him up to drive from New York to um, the hitman to drive to, from New York. And she's like, oh, you got him on uh, interstate trafficking. Like she was yeah, yeah. so excited it's about my that favorite. Yeah. That's an awesome charge. Yes. yes.
2: <laughs> we're, we're part of the lingo. That's what, yeah. we're, that's what I'm <laughs> I, that's a good charge. And then I can be like, use it somehow, drop it at a market. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's interstate, like, commerce uh-huh. interstate commerce charge. Interstate commerce, it's fantastic. Interstate
1: commerce, yes. <laughs> they, they
0: use all their acronyms and and rather than pausing to explain it to us, they just pop it up as a, a text on screen explanation. Yeah. So it means there's no interruption to the flow of these colleagues, essentially. Uh, and there is a there is a lovely uh, episode that I watched where Christy was like, oh, we haven't seen each other for 20 years to this other Aww. female agent. And you know what, I call. feel badly. Like, the first
2: woman, I'm sorry, I don't remember their names. She was very good at the um, the popcorn story, too, at the movies. Mm-hmm. She was very invested in that story. And so... <sighs> I I think they each had their shining moments where they were really invested in the story. I mean, it's probably hard. You've probably seen everything at that point. Mm -hmm. But to still be, wow, that's an amazing story is impressive.
0: Just invested in, I mean, it's interesting how both of them, more so as I started to watch more and more of them, how they ask about feelings it's really fascinating because you think well mm. two fbi agents they're going to say well we did this and we did that and the cftt nine whatever it is yeah but they both ask it, how did you feel also the agents talk about how they felt and one episode that i'm going to be my strong recommendation is the san bernardino mass shooting mm. and the agent in charge talks about going home and crying in the shower oh, mm. okay Probably because you're talking to another agent. Mm-hmm. Mari, mm-hmm. this case somebody here. Somebody who gets it. Yeah. Somebody who mm-hmm. gets it, absolutely. This this case here, the death of Mary Beale and mm-hmm. the search and and capture of Smeho Jerlich.
1: how did the case strike you as
0: a case to look at?
1: It was very interesting because the the type twenty-five of these this episode really is like It's boom, boom, boom. Like you had like we said, you had to pay attention because if you're you're looking down at your phone too long or if your eyes drift uh, close a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. You're in another country. You're like, I thought we were in New York. We're (laughs) in Europe now. So it was so I did. I like the case. I I thought I thought I would have loved a little bit more on Mary Beale since she was the. I, the only identified victim there, but I think they did a good job. If they fit in some archival footage of her nephew, they they fit in a little enough for me to realize like, okay, they were in a relationship. I, I found the pacing of the case very interesting. I had no clue about it. I I really I really liked it. The you know, the one thing I did catch, and I, again, I don't know if I was just extra sensitive, but like Michael Clark, the the FBI agent at the beginning of of the Show he was talking over Barbara Daly a little uh, bit yeah. too much. Okay, yes. when I know
0: okay. I
1: noticed that too.
0: It, he kept, In, he kept so Christy had to that. say and Barbara, yeah. you know, had to actually direct questions to her. Yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah, because I because I, at that point Barbara just shut down. You know what I'm saying? Because she kept getting talked over, and and that's when they had to start directing questions directly to her, especially near the end. So that I was like again we've already given them the knocks because some of them aren't presenters but um other than that i did find the case very interesting i couldn't believe the the conditions so the conditions in albania where they found the body and how he was saying like the body was being stored it, not no refrigeration it was mm. basically deteriorating and he called they it were, goo which i thought it, it is a it is a it woman is a person. it's still a person yes, yeah and- And then he said they tried they I'm assuming he was saying the officials tried to sew her back together and they put the pieces in different places. That was really sad. Yeah. So that was that was interesting to see how they do it over there. Yeah. (laughs) But I I liked this. I liked it. I thought
2: it was really good. Again, it's very tight. What's interesting about what you said earlier about talking over her is like we watched this show to get this inside scoop inside baseball of what it's like and we maybe got an inside scoop of what it's like to be a female fbi agent mm. in a male-dominated field
0: I mm-hmm. acted on it yeah. so you're <laughs>
1: scintillating already
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and when you only have like in the first episode where it's just the two of them the interviewer and the interviewee and in this one just the three of them it really sticks out to you um again their interview styles how they're um bouncing off of each other how they're over talking each other it's it that's really interesting to me i like that kind of dynamic because you don't get it too often dateline gets it because you get a lot of interviews with like but it's with family members or something like that so Mm -hmm. very interesting of having just a few people talking and they're all kind of on the same level because like you said they all have they all know what it's like to be an agent very fascinating very fascinating mm-hmm.
0: stuff. It's interesting you say that because I realise now that a few of the of my other ones that I whipped through had two men and there was a lot of cooperative interrupting, oh. which, mm-hmm. you know, which we all engage in, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, that the other person just keeps talking or you drop mm-hmm. back or you the conversation flows backwards and forwards. With Barbara, she definitely just stopped talking. It mm-hmm. may be that she's of a, I don't know, lower rank. Are there somebody at the FBI, FBI, tell mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. are there ranks? But it also just may be that women agents have had to negotiate the workplace in a significantly different way from from the men. And I wanted mm-hmm. to hear from her because she was a behavioral analyst. Mm-hmm. And in again, some of the other episodes, we get other behavioral analysts, and they are fascinating and the big oh, yeah. contribution to cracking the cases kimberly mhm is the criminal minds i love it. yeah that. love that <laughs> exactly bau so how did you find this case kimberly
2: uh the butcher the butcher it's like I, another one of sometimes i hear these stories and it's like how have i never heard this are there yes. that many brutal serial killers which, mm-hmm. which i think now which you got the outside information he was so this they think it if he, this could be like a long-form podcast of trying to piece together oh don't say of, piece together oh sorry <laughs> 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 to uh i don't know though now i can't yeah, yeah, piece it. together um <laughs> <I> to <can't laughs> get the full story and identify more victims, you know, like Long Island, Ser- Long Island serial killer, you know, mm-hmm. there could be all these other cases that are connected. That's so fascinating. And obviously they couldn't get to all that in a 23 minute
0: episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause that also includes the titles, the sizzle reel, the titles mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Um, and a break. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's very efficient storytelling. All right. So, Kimberly, get us started on The Hitman, Episode 3. Now we have Cindy interviewing Mike. What did you think about this case? Fascinating. Those are kind of my favorite datelines because
2: it's always nice to have a break from an actual murder and a, a prevented murder. And I love undercover stuff and I love stings to trap hitmen. Love it
1: this one was like it, i i agree with him really i do like those but this one was just almost too easy <laughs> he was, like, I like, he was, he was like he i'll was whack so somebody willing. for
2: you <laughs> like, he could I'll be do it. caught by the mailman like it didn't need an fbi agent to take this guy down
1: <laughs> it was it was too easy i was like oh he's
0: already okay he's already saying he'll commit yeah, murder. <laughs> into it and this is not the only time that hollywood has made an appearance in the series Mm -hmm. they start to get him because he's written a book and he Mm -hmm. would like to sell it to hollywood two
2: perfect meetings of like my former life in hollywood and my current life in true crime and i saw my old stomping grounds on warner brothers lot
1: and i was like Mm. what if i i could have seen that meeting go down I had to do a little bit of Googling because I was wondering if uh, it seemed like he was talking. He was talking about Charlestown, Mass- Massachusetts, because he was originally in prison for being like a bank robber and stuff like that, too. And I was like, oh, is that like based on the movie The Town that Ben Affleck starred and directed? In, and how that one town, like I think it's Charlestown, Massachusetts, or I think it's that one where it's like, I, and they said it, I think they said it in the, um, in this, and that's true. Like it's the, it's like the one area where it's like the most bank robber. Yeah. I remember that movie. Like, so was yeah. that based on that? So I, I, I looked it up and it didn't, it didn't say that it was based on him, on him specifically. So I, 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 you know, I think they, I think there
2: were a lot of groups doing bank robberies. Yeah, exactly. It was just the, the That's the thing to do there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and, and great, great movie. That was know. a great movie. Yeah, oh, had, had had the the and out. I never
2: watch movies anymore. Like, and, <laughs> and I I saw that in the theater.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. with popcorn. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So very, very interesting. Kimberly, this hitman. How did he? Tell me about him.
2: Well, he was so eager to hit, he couldn't wait to hit, and he wanted to tell everybody about his hit. And <laughs> why did he only get seven point five years? I think he would have we had a guy once on dateline who was doing a hit for 10,000 and a bicycle and not a mm. not a light, not a mo, like motorcycle but like a schwinn and we have a spreadsheet on our website of uh, hitman's prices that vary across the states cuz we thought is it statewide that the, the prices hilarious. are set it seems to be like based on the amount of money both parties have the hit requester and the hit E, but he, this guy's team was just was so excited to hit and only
0: got <laughs> 7.5 years. Certainly, on that spreadsheet, there's also discounting that goes on. I think mm-hmm. there was one where the initial offer was fifty, then it was down to twenty five, and then it was two and a half, mm-hmm. or two and a half as a deposit. Was that the mm-hmm. one where he well, kept giving had, them money over four years? Yes, and, we had the hee-haw gang, which is what the cops called oh this group pardon. of people.
2: They were basically just milking mm-hmm. this husband who wanted his wife killed. They kept saying they were going to do it, and they kept coming with ridiculous excuses like "I overslept," "I got lost," and he kept having to give. more money i don't know if they were ever going to do it i love stuff like
0: that people are so dumb so i wanted to ask you this hitman they think that he's going to commit more crimes so he's in prison uh one of the agents says we have a pipeline to the prison it's you don't mean that you mean you have a grapevine (laughs) that's okay pipeline grapevine and that this man is going to be released And the word amongst the cells is that he intends to commit further crimes. Hmm. What do you think law enforcement should do with this information? Should they wait until they see the movement or, in this case, not allowed to entrap but create a circumstance under which he can uh, approach a crime, if I can put it that way? Kimberly, what do you think law enforcement's Reach should be in these cases. That's very tricky, and I have heard pipeline before. Uh,
2: I think it might be an acceptable use, but well, I—it's pe- uh, so tricky because we've seen on Dateline and we've the trial. They have such a good defense. Well, they were trying to entrap them, and he wouldn't have actually done it. It was just a joke. They were just using their imagination <laughs> when they were, you know, wondering what it would be like to kill somebody. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know the answer. To me, I just want to be as safe as possible, like better safe than sorry. And it, if getting someone in jail for talking about maybe potentially killing someone means that someone didn't die, that might be okay. I don't know.
0: But I don't yeah, want to put I mean, a person in jail. I don't know. It's yeah, very I mean, tricky. I think if they are targeting an actual person, you have a name we think they're going to kill X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this was just, he had no money and intended to continue to commit crimes. And his main crime was, was bank robbery.
2: They created a person for him to kill. So yes. this wasn't someone looking for a hit for their spouse. And then the the law enforcement, well, at least on Dateline, they do a sting and they usually wait until money's exchanged and they feel like they have enough and they give them plenty of outs it's OK if you don't want to do it. It's fun, You know, but here they really did create a person and were like, hey, you want to kill the and they set it up so they he wouldn't like the guy And
1: like <laughs> this jerk that you met at the party. Let's kill him. OK, I think they said they gave him like one out, but also I think this there's this is kind of different because he just so voluntarily was on camera. He didn't know he was on camera, but he thought they were there to talk about selling a movie and he's over here like, Dog, I'm so broke. Yeah. Do, do you need somebody who needs dying? I'll yeah. do it. Like he, he did bring saw, it up. He said that you know a lot of rich people who need yes. to get rid somebody. Exactly. Like so I don't work. I don't blame them in this situation. In this situation, it didn't seem like entrapment. And like he's like the guy said, it was like once he said that, I kind of had he had to pump the brakes on it. At first, he had to be like, you know, chill. Let's get this movie made. You can get money like that, you know. And so when they went back to set up the um, hit, I was like, how is he going to convince him that now he wants him to kill somebody? Yeah but they you know they did it where they like wrapped it up in in the movie like oh this guy is stopping our movie plus remember he's such a dick at the party right like, it gave him a motive too as the hitman, yeah. because his money would be tied up in it as well
2: so it yeah. gave him a motive and not just he was doing it for someone else
1: yeah, I and can see it's a slippery slope. It but. is a
2: slippery. It feels like minority. I don't really remember the movie Minority Report, but I think <laughs> it, I think it's like they it yeah. can. I give it a two. I, future future crimes.
1: crimes. Yeah, future crimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet we talk about
0: apprehended violence orders or what do you call them? Restraining orders. Yeah. Where we're saying or someone says, I believe that person intends me harm please make sure they stay away from me. And we're, we're behind that. And we the also police say, well, we have to wait until he actually tries to kill you. Sorry. Yeah, once I'm he, once he tries to kill you, uh, we'll swoop in. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and that's infuriating and yes. terrifying and dangerous, uh, particularly for women. It has mm-hmm. to be not just women, but mm-hmm. particularly for, for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a tangle and a puzzle. I think the interesting thing about all these episodes is it's very much these are extremely bad people. I mean the cases that they choose for all the episodes these are clearly awful violent disgusting people so we can feel okay about being on the side of the FBI. So I think right. that's another mm-hmm. positive for this. There's nothing there's nothing well, like yeah, you know there yeah. are fine mm-hmm. people on both sides so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: so any other episodes you want to highlight Mari I did like the Manhattan bomber one that was one of the ones where I was like how did I not know this happened it was <laughs> like,
0: 2016 I was, was the same I mean yeah I've been going to New York since the mid-80s fairly yeah. regularly and I know lots of people my eyes were like popping out of my head I
1: was just living there and I had, and I have like plenty of friends there and I, I had no idea. And like the kind of funny, but like, if we're finding trying to find like the comedy in it all, when one of the, and with one of the bombings, the, the Manhattan bomber put a pressure cooker bomb in a fake uh like Louis duffel bag and put it on the side of the street of Manhattan. And th- these two guys, came up to it saw the luggage like took the bomb out like hey that kind of looks like a bomb put it on the street and walked away with the luggage because they're like this luggage is kind of like and that's how somebody else then comes and like calls the police and they're like hey um there's like a bomb like just on the sidewalk and that's how the police like come it, everybody was so lucky that it didn't go off it didn't go off so because that's it didn't go insane. off yeah it's, the police were able to have street
0: camera views of these two dudes (laughs) strolling along they see it oh Louis Vuitton um and the other thing is that the the guy that saw it and called it in they said oh sorry sir we're a little bit busy with you know the bombings in the subway uh how do you know it's a bomb and he said well it's a pressure cooker tied together with a mobile phone on top and some wires they went oh yeah okay yeah yeah, that that sounds like a bomb yeah (laughs) that's very sort of New York casual Yeah. No, I liked that partly because I hadn't seen it, but it was also fascinating and very frightening what could have happened. And Mm -hmm. we're not for propaganda here, but you do go, yeah, maybe we do need law law enforcement, but maybe stop killing black men. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's such a push pull.
1: Mm, (laughs) I know. It's like such a push pull. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I liked, as I said, the San Bernardino mass shooting. I would recommend that. And some other cases i was not familiar with i will dive back into the marathon the boston marathon bombing two-parter i haven't seen but mm-hmm. mario and i covered the documentary so i'll be interested yeah. i'll be interested to see how they deal with
1: a case that i actually know i didn't watch one that i actually knew so um they also had like the beltway snipers oh um, that was fantastic that was one of the really good ones
0: yeah yeah the
1: beltway honestly the beltway sniper sniper ones like i've not seen a property on them that has not been good Mm
0: -hmm. honestly because the story is just fascinating because it's it's a compelling
1: story it's the the story itself is compelling and the police work behind it is also just it it's you know it's interesting because you had everybody yeah. scared of white vans for a month and a half yeah. you know. <laughs> so.
0: And there was a great on the street inter- man on the street interview with a man saying, "Yeah, I've been stopped seven times today.'
1: like <laughs> oh <laughs> driving a
0: white van. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just got stopped again. <laughs> oh so Kimberly, will you keep watching? Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Well, I have to decide if I'm keeping Paramount Plus. If this is going to be a free trial, I just how they get you. I had it, and I don't remember why I had it. Maybe I honestly don't. And then I was looking at my base treatment. No, that survivor. No, that (laughs) brother. No, that was crazy. Um, so, and we only share some accounts. So I, I'm i not sure why I had it, but I just looked looking through my bank statements last week and figured out that I had
0: that. And so I canceled it. Then I re-signed up for this. So I have to okay. see what else is on there. We covered a fascinating documentary uh, a week or two ago called Crush. So that might be worth it. Oh, that sounds interesting. It was a fascinating <laughs> documentary and we had a great discussion about it. Uh, with Chantelle Francis a couple of weeks ago. If listeners would like to sign up for Paramount Plus to watch mm-hmm. that and then watch 30 episodes of of FBI True. Mm-hmm. And Mari, will you keep watching?
1: Yes, I, I will. Like I said, it's, it's now a good, like, turn and burn, throw it on while I'm doing something else. I feel like I haven't had the time to just settle in my true crime. like that. So this will be good. This will, this will be up there with uh, people investigates for me. And um, I wish, I wish uh deadliest decade would come back. Like, maybe Oh yeah. Like more that that yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's on the pile now. I like it. That's mm-hmm. great.
0: Uh, yeah. Look, I'm definitely going to, to end up watching all of them, probably not in a row. You know, over a lunchtime or laundry folding, as you say. And I would say to our listeners, if you're interested, go and look at the 30 titles and pick and choose what takes your fancy. That would be my recommendation. All right, let's get to our ratings. Kimberly, how um, many magnifying glasses out of five are you going to rate FBI I'm gonna, True?
2: I'm going to say three. I know that's probably a lot lower than. Both of you. But again, it would just be middle of the road for me. If you're very interested in behind the scenes working of the FBI or have wanted to be an agent, which I actually know people who are super into that, then I could see this being a five, perfect five. Like it's made for them. For me, it would be more casual viewing. Like if it was
0: on, I would watch it. And Mari, how about you? How many magnifying glasses for FBI True?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I'm going to give it just a 3.5 because I I agree. It's the same. It's like it's it's good. It's it's perfect white noise in the background. I was not enraged by it. I I found the format very interesting. I think the rotation of the different FBI agents is what what really helps it. So Mm -hmm. I like it. I suggest it. Just go check it out. And like Sarah said, there's so many cases that you can just like skip, or, like just find one that you you're interested in. That's the best type of kind of true crime viewing for me. Mm-hmm. How about you, Sarah?
0: Well, I was wavering between two point five and three. I think Mike's mustache pushed it over to a three for me. I mean, <laughs> if I could just do it separately, I would give his
2: a 10 out of five. A must- oh, yeah. A 10 10 out of five. Definitely Definitely. I love saying there on
0: law enforcement. Yes, yes. So, But look, definitely a three. It's better than cromulent, and I think it gets through what it needs to get through in 25 minutes. It achieves its aim of Mm -hmm. this. Not only are we talking to the people who crack the case, but they are talking to their colleague, and there's a level of they don't put their guard down, but because they know the person they're talking to completely understands what they're saying. There's there's a a desire shorthand. to, yeah, there's a shorthand. Yeah, perfect, perfect description. So I'm going to give it a three, but despite the three, it's a thoroughly recommend Walk Don't Run to your Paramount Plus free trial and then have a look and see what else you'd like to watch.
1: So I figured out why the Butcher of Mons rang a bell for me. Oh. So, you know, a few weeks ago, it was Friday the 13th, Me and the hubby were looking for scary movies to watch, you know, because as one should do during spooky season. And there's a movie called Megalomaniac, which is basically... (laughs) Like they, they made a uh, like a horror story with the Butcher of, of Mons as the basis. So the storyline says Martha and Felix are the children of the Butcher of Mons, a notorious Belgian serial killer from the 1990s. Unstable and riddled with insecurities, Martha lives vicariously through social media. Her brother, crushed by the family legacy, takes over their father's killings, harassed and violently assaulted at work. The docile Mar- Martha falls into madness and goes through the looking at glass into the strange and terrifying. World inhabited by her brother. I I was wondering. I was like, why why did that sound so familiar? But it's wow. like it's it was named like one of the best horror films of the year, and it just so happens to kind of have that as a backstory. That's did you watch Megalomania? It? I did not watch it. I did not watch it. Um, but maybe is it on your list? Yeah, yeah maybe now cool. yeah, I will. Yeah. It's on Prime Video.
0: Kimberly, let's get to your recommendation. What do you have for our listeners today? Uh,
2: well, I'm now paying more attention because for our Patreon, we've actually been doing a thing called Don't Watch Alone, Watch Like Nobody's Watching, which is a combination of, it's Dateline's <laughs> tagline, don't watch alone. <laughs> and then Katie came up with Watch Like Nobody's Watching. So I've now been having to like actually write down what I'm watching and what mm. I'm excited about. And it's been so long since I've been here. I feel like there are like shows I still need to mention. Deadlock, did either of you watch that?
0: <gasps> it's brilliant. I no, watched I the first watch two it. episodes
2: and I need to finish because you it was delightful. And there's a murder mystery too. What's it about? Deadlock? You have Deadlock. to put the subtitles on because the accents hey. for me were challenging. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was it that drew you in when they said I've got to go? A wombat just shat on Princess Mary. Yeah, what? it's like this quirky little town in Tasmania, Tasmania.
2: They have very thick accents. There's everyone is a character in this town and it's and they're trying to solve a murder. So it's very black
0: comedy. So that's I love that. That is a fantastic recommendation. Mm. The first line of dialogue of the entire series is, oh, my God. Oh, his dick's on fire. <laughs> because she dropped, she drops her blunt on the pubic hair of a dead man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then there's actually like that's a murder hilarious. mystery too that I'm very curious about. So yes, that's when I, oh. I will be finishing. Oh,
0: live, live message me as you watch it. Okay.
2: Um, and other shows that I'm excited for. Fall Fall of the House of Usher, I'm so excited for it, and I haven't watched it yet, um, on Netflix because I love the house on Haunting Hill and all of those. Um, Fargo, Mm -hmm. I just saw is coming back. I'm really excited about that. My parents and I, a few weeks ago, watched Hijack on Netflix with Idris Elba, which is so good. Um, That's good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a nail-biter. 60 Days In, I finally finished, which is like... Yes. I love that and i love learning more about the prison system and i love the,
1: the currency then kimberly
2: yes and the yeah. sheriff seemed defensive at first uh, but actually was willing to make a lot of changes in the prison based on uh-huh. what the participants said i don't even know if you know that show sarah it's like people volunteered to go yeah. undercover in prison for 60 days um yeah i've, how, I've, I've how talked to her ear protect- about it yeah. oh, okay yeah. <laughs> how, how, are they,
0: how are they protected i don't I don't get. They're it. not. What if, it's not. What if, <laughs> someone, what if <laughs> someone shanks them in the yard? See, yeah. I'm done with the lingo. It could it's, happen. It could
1: happen, <laughs> and it and it it gets one quite guy got close. punched. I think one season, and he was mm-hmm. like, "I'm out." Sorry. Yeah, this this most current season was in my 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 dad's uh, home county, Pitt County, oh, wow. North Carolina. Yeah, mm, yeah, it's one of those seasons where it's just like when when the participants have to survive. The jail itself, it's not as entertaining because the, the conditions were so harsh mm-hmm. that it's like you can't even be entertained of them being in there because you're kind of scared for them. Yeah, um, I always I always say and I've suggested on this podcast um, every time, but go back and watch 60 Days in seasons three and four at Fulton County Jail. Yes. They're the two best seasons of like this type of TV Ever, because it's just the right amount of, okay. you're getting what the justice system is like, um, but they're safe. But also because they feel safe, you get so much character work in those those two those two seasons. It's Mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm.
2: And lately they've been using people who are actually ex cons to some to go back into prison who are now like motivational speakers or whatever they've Mm -hmm. formed their life. Yeah, and it has just just amount of people that are maybe a little unstable and are willing to blow up the whole program. Like there's a couple yeah. of those seasons where yeah. someone's just um, they fall in love with someone in the prison yep. and then reveal what the program is, which blows up the whole season. That's amazing. But I, I but this season was great because it's you had a lot of aftermath. What happened after? Yeah. And you got to see a lot of the changes of like vocational training and uh-huh. support group meetings every day where the prisoners just like talk about their feelings and they brought in a counselor like to just check in like these really cool things that the participants suggested and the sheriff actually made happen and and yeah. cleanliness like cleaning the pods more often because they realize if you treat people like animals they're going to act like animals yep. and so like it's just I think it's so fascinating Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then one day for-
0: I'll crack and watch it. I think you have,
2: to. you have to so good. Um. And then for my job, I watch this. That's a ridiculous statement for my job. I watch 90 day fiance a lot. Um, so I'm always watching that because I talk about it on the pink shade podcast every week. And the amazing race is one of my favorites. And I've been talking about that with my friend, Kim from people are wild podcast. So I've been catching up on that. And then to try to watch something scary, I put on the phone call. No, the black phone. What, oh, yeah. The black I, phone. So I put, I've watched half of it and I still have no idea what's going on. I wasn't expecting this weird supernatural element to happen. Oh, I, I thought it was just like a normal, like slasher type movie that no. I could watch around Halloween.
1: I'm 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 in I'm Started creeped over. out for sure i can't remember if i recommended the black phone on here but it's really good it's written by joe hill um stephen king's son oh and, i didn't know that that's,
2: mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting
1: it is his second property i believe to be adapted into like a uh his first his first book uh Nasferatu was turned into a tv show and this was turned into a movie and i absolutely love the black Phone because it has because like kimberly says there's there's supernatural elements to it you can feel like it feels like one of those it's set in the 70s i believe right kimberly yeah and so it feels like like one of those old school horror like it feels like an it you know or or, yeah so when
2: I was growing up and we had a Ouija board like that yeah yeah
1: it's so incredibly good and Ethan Hawke is so scary terrifying yeah that's why I've only watched half of it because I can only watch for a little bit and not at night it's scary it's scary it's horrifying it's supernatural and it's so well written and you just got to keep reminding yourself that it did not happen like like, (laughs) like, he he does it because he kind of it's kind of like based on a serial killer in the 70s that was like killing abducting and killing little boys and I think he said that he was inspired by all of those 70s style killers but it's not specifically about one so mm-hmm. you just gotta but it's so realistic that you you gotta remind yourself that it's not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: if I'm watching something on my laptop and I think something scary is about to happen I push the laptop further away from me I don't yeah. know how it <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna save me but somehow that's it's gonna, like gonna on save friends,
2: me. Joey put the shining in the, the book in the freezer to save mm, and the then, then he has to put little women in the freezer yeah
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> yes and then shameless self-plug my second podcast is called A Date with the Bake. And it's we're on our fourth mm-hmm. season, maybe, and we talk about Great British Bake. Off, so that is another one of my and that is a perfect antidote for true crime, except it does get very tense when someone's like souffle <laughs> is about to fall or they're so gonna push the bottom from you. I put, <laughs> I put it in the freezer. I get very scared. Yeah. Music gets very tense, like when they're running out of time on their bakes. So
1: it's I, I, I love watching it when I like go to sleep so I can go to sleep because if I watch it at any other time, I'm just going to be hungry for baked goods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I cannot yeah. sit here and watch this and not want a cupcake or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I, I am special agent in charge of cake today. If you'll look at it, <laughs> oh, yeah. so yes, listeners can't see it, but we, we have amusing uh, subtitles that we use to amuse each other with. Excellent suggestions. I will put all of those in the show notes. Marie, what do you have to recommend?
1: So speaking of spooky season, if you're still in the mood for spooky season, you're still looking for something like scary to watch, but kind of comedic scary, totally killer on Amazon is an amazing. it's an amazing, uh, scary movie. Like, uh, it kept getting really good reviews. I just saw everybody talking about how good it was. And we watched it during Spooky That was the movie we actually landed on when we were, when we were looking. And it is, I is, I'm loving this new, like, comedic, horror genre it it definitely reminds me of like freaky Mm -hmm. um if if you like freaky you'll definitely like totally killer it's um it's a time it's a time travel like a slasher movie where a young girl goes back in time to solve the she accidentally goes back in time to solve the murders of her mother's friends um because her town had a slasher who was on the on the loose 35 years prior she ends up accidentally going back that 35 years to try and stop those murders um, because he was never found. Um, So I won't spoil anything anymore, but it's, it's really interesting. It it has all those jump scares that slasher movies have. It, it, it has comedy. It's, it's, she goes back to the eighties. So it has that like spoof of that eighties vibe. Yeah. It Um, sounds like
2: um, the American horror story 1984 uh, season. I don't know if any of you watch American
1: Horror Story. I think I gave up by then. I,
2: I, I it's like I just can't give up, but I want <laughs> to give up so badly. Yes. Like I refuse to watch TV. Delicate. I yeah. don't. Know. <laughs> Delicate. I'm just. I. I'm so not into it, and I have to keep watching. But 1984. <laughs> I liked that season.
1: Yes, totally killer on Amazon Prime was a really fun scary watch. If you're still kind of in the mood for that, oh, Sarah, I'm totally what, gonna
0: watch it. Thank you for the recommendation.
1: Sarah, what about you? What's your recommendation?
0: Well, I actually went to the cinema, which I love doing. Uh, I used to go three times a week during the 70s. Uh, So Mm -hmm. if you want to know anything about the uh, the flowering golden age of the 1970s cinema, just ask. So I went to the cinema and I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. It's Martin Scorsese's latest film based on a 2017 book of the same name by David Gran, And I'm now going, I think it has departed from the book from what I read. So I'm now looking forward to reading the book. I'll let you know once I do. It's the true story of the people of Osage Nation being systematically murdered in the 1920s. 50 years earlier, the Osage had been driven from their ancestral lands in what is now called Kansas to a reservation in what is now called Oklahoma which was deemed by the Department of Indian Affairs to be rocky, sterile and unfit for cultivation. But you guys, guess what? It was found that there were huge reserves of oil on the land. Uh, dun, dun. Uh-huh. So I will give you a warning. The film is over three hours long, so make sure you have a wee before you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow i guess i'll forgive martin scorsese and leonardo dicaprio for making this this one um instead of the devil in the white city that they had said that they were going to make like seven years ago oh. and i was very excited about that but I, so I frustrating I, I, right i i'm i can't wait to see killers of the flower moon because it is definitely something that needed to be a spotlight on i don't think a lot of people knew about about these murders Mm -hmm. and then how these murders led to like the current day FBI and you know how these indigenous people were just literally just being murdered Mm -hmm. because of something that was out of their control. So uh, I definitely can't wait to watch it. Three hours is a long time though. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to do
2: it for Taylor Swift, but I (laughs) might have to wait until that is at my home theater the (laughs) Flowers.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I do. I do like that. Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio have that's exactly the same downturned mouth, which <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. they were employing to great extent. I love Jesse Plemons. I mean, I'm not oh, going to go through the yeah. cast because it's just, it's all absolutely. It's yeah. Again, uh, if you've watched it, let me know what you thought. At Crime Scene, we're eager to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. You can follow Crime Scene on Twitter at RHAP—that's that's S-E-E-N, or email us
1: at crime Scene, rhap at gmail.com. We're on TikTok at Crime.Scene and on Instagram, Threads and Facebook at Podcasts. And please remember to subscribe to our feed by going to com slash crime feed. It makes a big difference.
0: So, Kimberly, what have you got going on? Where can the people find you? Uh, what's uh, your latest date with uh, Mankey and the Lean King? Uh, it's called
2: uh, Secrets in Pleasant Prairie. It's always mm-hmm. the nicest names that have the secrets. most horrible rhymes <laughs> and the horrible secrets. And we'll be doing that. We'll be doing Bake Off. So I'm at Date Date Line pretty much everywhere except on Instagram. We also have a date with the bake for that podcast all
0: right wonderful omari what about you where can the people go to find you
1: coming up me and chappelle and we'll be covering rap shit over on the connect um season two will be starting uh, this week so you can definitely go check us out by going to postshowrecaps.com slash connect and if you want to watch anything else we we've we've done we've covered the other black girl the changeling uh ladies first a hip-hop documentary going all the way back we've covered insecure and atlanta so if you're if you're into like prestige black television and you're interested to uh, watch rap shit season two along with us definitely go check it out check it out we have so much fun over there on the connect on postal recaps so uh, we're so glad we could share that with everybody that's it you know other than being here with you Sarah uh, but people can also find me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much that's too like the number two and if I'm guesting on any other reality tv shows that's where I'll post it what about you Sarah
0: well you can follow me if you'd like to do that at Sarah Carradine on everything everywhere over on Silent Podcasts, I'm covering The Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition. Kimberly, you have Fun. to get into it uh-huh. with the icon that is Annabelle Fiddler. And on post show recaps, Grace Leader, Brooklyn Zed, and I have just finished our coverage of Our Flag Means Death, Season 2. So watch it, one of the best shows ever made. And then come and listen to one of the best podcasts, one of the best podcasts. I'm just about to start covering A Murder at the End of the World on Post Show Recaps with the great Latonya Starks, so find us there. And I was at the RHAP live events in Los Angeles for Survivor and Big Brother last week. It was great to see so many of you. It was great to meet you in person, Kimberly. How much fun did we have? So much fun. You brought sunshine to L.A. And it's already
2: sunny here, so exactly. I don't even know what that says. We had to put on hats and huddled in the shade. <laughs> I got sunburned from your sunshine. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> if you have FOMO hearing that, you can get your tickets for the live event in New Orleans on December the 6th at com slash events. You'll be able to meet many of the podcasters as well as stars of reality TV. Including me. Including Mario. Oh, I didn't know if you wanted me to dox you. <laughs> I'll be there. Come and say <laughs> hi. Indeed. Indeed. So I love how Sarah on. says New Orleans, by the way. <laughs> oh, so how did I say it wrongly? No.
1: no, you just said it proper. Yeah, you <laughs> said it proper. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
2: No, I had to like practice when we did went there for crime con because all of our listeners were like, Don't say it wrong. People hate that. Like New so, Orleans. Yes. That that's bad. That's not what I, I said. I, no, I you that? said it, you
0: said it lovely and Australian. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Yes. I fooled Kay, uh, Katie into thinking I'm smart by having this accent. So you I
1: know should, <laughs> it
0: is no. it. I'm not, listeners, I'm not. I just sound <laughs> just sound like <laughs> Next week, Crime Scene is taking a break. We'll be back on the 21st of November. We'll be covering Till Murder Do Us Part, Soaring vs. Haysom with the wonderful Eve Beatty. You can watch that on Netflix and send in your comments and questions. Thanks to Kimberly from A Date with Dateline, Will from America for the theme music and the whole RHJP team behind the scenes. Until next time,
1: case, case closed. Close.